You are listening to the Reality Steve podcast with your host, Reality Steve. He's got all the latest info and behind-the-scenes juice on Colton's season of The Bachelor and interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. Now, here's Reality Steve. Welcome, everybody, to podcast number 120. 120. I'm your host, Reality Steve, got a good show for you again this week. I really appreciate you tuning in and listening to this every week. If you could rate, subscribe, and review in Apple Podcasts, that would be outstanding. I do want to say this broadcast podcast is brought to you by a new sponsor. The Next Generation Bona Premium Spray Mop for hardwood floors includes a microfiber cleaning pad, and hardwood floor cleaner all in one wonderful package. Together, the mop and cleaner provide an effective clean, which is quick, easy to use, leaves no dulling residue. Perfect solution for simply beautiful floors. Bona Premium Spray Mop is available at most retailers where floor cleaning products are sold on Amazon and Bona.com, that's B-O-N-A. To receive exclusive offers and to learn more, visit Bona.com slash RealitySteve. We had an interesting situation this week. As I tweeted out yesterday, I've, I, I tell myself I never want to tweet out a podcast guest until I have it recorded. But yesterday I was literally an hour away from recording a podcast guest Tweeted it out, told people to guess. Someone guessed it within five minutes. Wasn't really trying to keep it a secret. But uh, our guest was supposed to be Jenny Croft, Battelotto, who is was the final two on Brad Womack's first season where he dumped Deanna and Jenny at the end. Uh, Jenny is a former Dallas Cowboy cheerleader. She still has reality TV involved in her life right now. She's got a lot of good stuff that I wanted to talk to Jenny about, and I love talking to old school contestants. Uh, about their season. So it would have been great to have Jenny on, but her kid got sick, which in turn got her got sick. They had to run to the hospital. It wasn't a good time. So we're going to reschedule with Jenny and have her on in the future at some point. But um, I had to get a last-second replacement. Jacqueline Trumbull was available. Always a good talk to her, and she has some really good insight, I think, to Colton's season and what she thought of everything that went down. So anyway, um. Also, if you want to be a part of the He Said, She Said podcast with Ashley Spivey, please email me, email Ashley. Let us know what time zone you're in. Let us know the best times you can record and the days you can record, and we'll arrange something and work it out. Um, Episode 17, I think? Yeah, episode 17 drops this upcoming Tuesday. So Tuesday is going to be a big day on the site. We're going to recap Monday. We're going to have that. And then, you know, probably Wednesday or Thursday, I'm going to give you uh, your first list of guys from, uh, spoiler alert, Hannah B's season. She's going to be the Bachelorette. It will be announced on the After the Final Rose. Um, I know she's filming her intro video this weekend. I know some of you will say, Steve, but they filmed an intro video with Kayla and they pulled it from her and gave it to JoJo. Yes, they did. But that has nothing to do with this season. It's going to be Hannah B. So expect that. Um, I'm fine with it. I... I wanted it to be one of the two Hannahs. If you ask me, gun to my head, who would you like to see? I didn't care who they cho- chose between the two Hannahs. I thought they were the most logical choices. Um, and 
they uh, are going to go with Hannah B, and you'll see that announced on Tuesday night. Are they going to show Hannah B five of her guys like they did for Rachel's season and Becca's season when they announced them on the after the final rose? We won't know until that night. But considering they've done it the last two seasons, I could see them doing that again. And maybe it'll be guys that I have will have uh, released. Uh, we're going to release the next day. Maybe it'll be I, – I can guarantee you this, though, just like it was with Becca's season last year. Whoever, if they do decide to release five guys and introduce them to Hannah B on Tuesday night, if I don't already have them within five minutes on social media, I'll know who they are. It doesn't it doesn't take long because somebody watching will know that person and either tweet at me or tweet it out in general and it'll get back to me. Um, so, yeah, maybe they will do it. Maybe they won't. I don't know. But uh, in terms of introducing the guys to Hannah. So. Without any further ado, let's get going, and uh, let's talk to Jacqueline first up and then get to uh, Casey Campbell from Temptation Island to talk about Episode 8, which was another doozy for her as she got to witness her boyfriend of five years tell another woman that she's his girlfriend, and he'd known her for a couple weeks. So, But first up, let's get to Jacqueline Trumbull. Let's talk a little Colton uh, this season. Okay, let's welcome in our guest. Um, you saw her on Ari season of The Bachelor. She had a brief stay on Bachelor in Paradise last summer. And she also has a podcast now that you can hear uh, with TVGuide.com's Liam Matthews. It's called A Beautiful Podcast to Fall in Love, an unofficial Bachelor show with Jacqueline Trumbull and Liam Matthews. It's Jacqueline Trumbull. Hi. How you doing? Hey. I'm okay. How are you? I'm good. Um, for those who didn't catch my tweets yesterday and what went down, I, I swear to God, this is why I do not tweet who's on my podcast anymore. Because the second <laughs> I announce it, if it's not recorded, something inevitably happens. And I was literally one hour away from recording with Jenny Croft, who was one of the final two who was dumped on Brad Womack's season when he dumped both girls at the end. Jenny was one of the final two girls and we were all set to go and I had texted her and she's good to go. And then her son had a emergency was she had told me earlier in the day he was home from school, but she didn't think she was going to have to take him um, possibly to the hospital. And I, you know, I she she had to obviously take care of stuff with her kids, which is perfectly fine. We're going to just postpone it and do her again uh, at another point. But. On short notice, Jacqueline, thank you very much for filling in here. Um, and the booby prize. There you are. Exactly. The <laughs> booby prize. Um, <laughs> we spoke to you last, I believe, in October or November. Is that when it was? Maybe it was December, right? So it's been three or four months. We haven't spoken to you at all since Colton season started. Um, but before we get to Colton season, let's talk a little bit about what's going on with you. What's going on with grad school? Because I know that was a big thing with you when we last spoke. Yeah, uh, I mean, I would say that I'm not in the best place where that's concerned. I mean, I I had I had several interviews, five interviews, which is pretty good. Um, I mean, it's for context, these programs have about two percent acceptance rates, so anybody who ever applies knows that there's a good chance. It's kind of like playing the lottery, so most people apply a couple of times. That doesn't make it easier. Really, uh, I, I don't I don't know if I'm getting in. Basically, I'm still waiting to hear from schools, but mostly I'm pessimistic because my first choice school, which was like way out of my league, in my opinion, um, 
I got very close to nabbing it. And then something happened at the interview. Um, I mean, I, I would say that it was a culmination of factors, but I don't think I did as well as I could have in the interview. Um, uh, one thing, <laughs> one thing that you did do over the last three or four months since we spoke is you attended Lauren and Ari or Ari and Lauren, however you want to put whatever name first. You attended their wedding Laurie. in Laurie. Yeah. You attended their wedding in Hawaii. How was that? It was beautiful. Um, yeah, it was beautiful. It was kind of funny that she was like <laughs> Twilight inspired this because I was like, oh, that's you're going to get killed for that. But that that scene in the movie was really beautiful. And so was their wedding. So um, I know nothing yeah, about I Twilight. Mean, it, what are you talking about? <laughs> there's like a there's like a dream wedding sequence or something. Or maybe she meant the real wedding. But it was this fabulously beautiful scene in a fabulously shitty movie. Uh, so that, I guess, was a big part of the inspiration. But it was a great inspiration. And the, the wedding was it was really beautiful. It was in kind of, of like a ruin and it had these sort of hanging, uh, greens, like, like greenery, um, and candles. And she looked like a fairy princess and it was very, very well done wedding. And I didn't have to dance at all. So I appreciated that. Oh, so the theme of their wedding was somehow linked to twilight. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, that's, I, I mean, I don't, yeah. I, don't I mean, know. that's what they put in their, um, their us weekly story. So, Oh, okay. <laughs> Yeah, I, yeah. I, I I just know they got married, and I know that they're having a baby in three or four months. They just I, I've never they're just so easy together, you know. I mean, they just fit. And I asked a bridesmaid before uh, she how, how Lauren was doing before she walked down the aisle, and she was like, "No, oh, she was completely calm, like literally no nerves at all." It's like, yep, that that fits the narrative. Um, they're I guess they were just born to be together. <laughs> I mean, it is pretty amazing considering everything that went down last year. The way yeah. it, the way it went down, and here we are a year later. That not only are they getting married, uh, they're having a child. Obviously, I was a, a, as big a skeptic as anybody about those two because, <laughs> you know, like I said, I mean, if he didn't want to be with Becca and he felt he made a mistake by going to Lauren, obviously you have yeah. every right to do that. And you know, the way he went about it, I didn't necessarily agree with. It was the it was the engagement six weeks after he got back with her that I thought was like, what, what's the point of doing it so quick? Why not just give yourself more time? There's no negative to waiting a little bit longer, but you know, it's worked out for them. So it's like, you're, I think you're thinking too globally rational. You know I mean? That if, if, if life were a playbook, then yes, they should have waited, but individually, obviously they made the right decision. I was thinking too globally. Is that what you said? Yeah. As if, as in not, not this one particular couple, but you're, oh. it was. It's like you're thinking about how people should act in general, which is it's true that people should probably wait longer to have an engagement for. But for these two particular people, they made the right decision. I, yeah, I guess. I mean, ultimately, they did because of where we're at right now with them and their courtship. Uh, at <laughs> just at the time, it's hard to, you know, not knowing anything about them and knowing he was he had just broken up with someone six weeks earlier. That's where it's kind of hard to comprehend. It's like. Okay, I don't, I don't get it. <laughs> yeah. What, what am I missing here? Why, why does it have to be so quick? Why is she, why, you know, why does she know six weeks after he had broken and an engagement with somebody that he wouldn't end an engagement with her? Like there was just too many questions that we didn't, I didn't know enough about them as people or them in a, in a relationship, but it certainly was just, okay. You know, but <laughs> it's worked out for them. Uh, mm-hmm. are they, I can't remember. Are they having a boy or a girl? I've already forgot. A girl. Oh, they're having a girl. Have they named it yeah. yet or no? 
I believe they have the name picked out, but it is a secret. But it's a secret. They're gonna, they'll they'll tell us weekly when they deliver. Got it. All right. Yeah. Um, let's get let's get to Colton's season. Um, okay. I haven't really followed anything that you've said about it, so I'm I, I'm <laughs> I'm going into this I'm going into this totally dry, but I like it better that way because I I kind of know where you think on things, and I kind of think of where you're going to go with this, but I make, I could be wrong. So overall thoughts on the season of Colton. Uh, with the exception of Monday night's episode, I think it's been terrible, but I can't, but I can't tell if I can't tell if it's actually terrible or if it's just hard for me to watch now, because you know, been in it. And it, yeah, right. And not just because of personal reasons. I mean that it has been a little bit painful, but just, just, because I'm kind of sick of it, of the show. You know, I mean, I've watched it for like five years. And then once you're in it, you can kind of tell what's real and what's manufactured. And, um, and the season feels very, very manufactured to me. It's, it's hard for me to believe that these women are particularly authentic. And that was really exemplified tonight at Women Tell All. <laughs> well, I, I, give me some specifics of like manipulation or manufactured like you're saying that you instances where you are completely convinced this was manufactured and and whatnot not counting the women tell all since that's all manufactured for the most part it's not it's not that i i mean i'm not going to talk about like production but yeah i just i mean i do think that there were some women there that like lasted longer because um not not necessarily because of Colton's choice, <laughs> um, I, but it's just I, I can tell when there are a lot of regurgitated lines that I just don't. It's not as if anybody fed them lines. Like producers never feed you lines, but I think you start adopting the script of The Bachelor. You know, repeating different words and phrases, and um, so that's a bit manufactured. Um, but we get those words you know, and phrases. I don't, I don't, every I don't want to season. break my contract. <laughs> We, I mean, but we get those words and phrases every season. How was this one any different? Is what I'm asking. I I, I don't want to say anything that would break my contract. <laughs> Wait, what would what would even break your? Con- I don't even know what you would be saying that'd be breaking your contract. Talking about the Colton season, unless you know something that I don't, or um, we don't. No, I just. Uh, do you not feel like this season has been particularly fake? I mean. Part part of it, I admit, is because I don't think Colton has chemistry with anyone. Okay, that's fair. and so and so I'm not buying the connections. I'm I'm buying his love for Cassie. Yeah, and I'm buying his friendship with Tasha. Beyond that, I haven't been buying any of any of the connections. Okay, no, and, that, and I and I think totally a fair. lot of the drama that has happened has been essentially devoid of content like there's not there hasn't been a real reason that is at least perceivable for why these girls have such strong beef with each other so that feels like they're grabbing airtime i see what you're saying i i, yeah. I, th- I think a lot of people can uh, agree with that some people have just said he's a terrible bachelor you don't he doesn't know what to say he doesn't he he doesn't necessarily want engage with somebody there it's a lot of surface level conversations yada 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 um, yeah, but that, but that, I, I just don't know that I buy that. I mean, I, I think that that is true that that's what we're seeing. But it's, I, I found, sorry, 
I found Colton to be quite endearing on Monday and really sweet. I think he's awkward and a terrible flirter. Um, and so that kind of kills chemistry sometimes. But Terrible but kisser, too. On... Throw that in there. <laughs> From what? How do you know that? Watching TV. <laughs> From watching TV? Okay. Yeah. I didn't know if somebody had admitted that. No, no. Just like watching him on the show. I just – I. I look at his kissing and I'm just like, it's not good. Sorry. It just yeah. isn't. Um, yeah. But continue. Go ahead. Um, I, I, I find it hard to believe that he's been completely devoid of personality throughout this entire experience. And I know that Ari wasn't completely devoid of personality throughout the entire experience. And yet that's how he was portrayed. And so I'm very, very skeptical of that. I think that Colton is probably an exceptionally sweet person. Um, I could be wrong, but I, I, like I, you know, I met him and liked him, and I actually found that he was able to articulate emotion, and he was very open. And I, the reason I asked him on that date was because I thought the conversation would be easy. So, oh, that's right. And I, right. And I don't Colton think on that he's that paradise. surface level. I actually think he said more unique things. I'm kind of. I don't know that I can like bring up very specific examples, but I've noted throughout that he's very non-judgmental, which is odd because it's a bit of a regressive season. Um, and, and yeah, so, so I think he's fine. I, I think it's editing and, and some people just don't portray massive charisma on screen. That's the other thing. And I, I think that is true of Colton. I totally forgot that you asked him on a date in paradise. And that you yeah. spent time with him in paradise, not as a, you know, a couple or on a date, but you know, I mean, who it was, is. it was very brief. It was like a 10, I've, I've spent about 10 minutes with Colton. Okay. Yeah. It sounds like your issue is more with the women on this show and you're kind of seeing through them. Is that fair to say? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but here's the thing, Jacqueline, you and I have talked about this numerous times. Like, we're 38 seasons into this franchise, or this was 37. Next season will be 38. Mm-hmm. We're just, we're at a point now where in 2019, and it's my issue with the show every season, is I find it hard to believe what anybody says to anybody on that show. And the reason is, is because they all know now that they are part of a very popular, you know, show that is in the pop culture lexicon that a lot of people watch. And anytime anyone says anything, the first thing I think of, are they being sincere or are they saying that because they know a lot of people are watching and they're going to be judged for it later? I can't I can't take anything that anybody says on this show seriously anymore because of what social media has done to it. That's fair. Um I don't know why it seems particularly bad for me on this season. And part of it is because I I don't feel that way about my season and so I've completely forgiven absolutely everything that anybody said on my season and i'm now just completely judging colton's so i i I don't i'm not looking at this from an unbiased perspective um i think them being very young is playing into this i don't think my the women on my season were as quick to demonize others or get into major tiffs which is why we had one villain instead of like 800 which is on colton's season it's like none of them like each other seemingly even though i'm sure they do so there was like a lot less throwing each other under the bus on my season. And I know for a fact that the top seven cared about Ari in ver- in, in varying degrees. I mean, some of us were behind others, but yeah. I think by the time it was top four, you know, everybody at least had strong feelings. And that was probably the case with Colton too. It's kind of impossible not to. <laughs> um, to, have, to I, but have, I just, not to I just see a lot of fake lead? drama. 
not is, huh? is it possible not to have feelings for the lead if you've lasted that deep into the process is what you're saying yeah it's pretty difficult i mean for one thing you get weeded out like the lead can can tell you know when there's nothing there obviously cassie was doubtful and lacking and she was giving signs of that but it sounded like she still had feelings for him yeah so yeah and and another part of it is that you do develop a relationship with the guy i mean unless you're bachelor's a complete asshole like you're probably going to at least have a type of friendship so that was what i i saw with cassie was um great feeling and affection for colton even if maybe part of the attraction was missing all right guys let's take a break real quick talk to you about two sponsors this week first up is Scentbird. have you ever had someone come up to you and say you smell amazing what are you wearing be honest with you i get it all the time uh no i'm kidding but it is a good feeling when someone do notices your smell, because I think smell is one of the more underrated things to find in the opposite sex. But uh, amazing scents can be expensive, hard to come by. Thankfully, with Scentbird, the luxury fragrance subscription service, I can get fragrances without breaking the bank. Basically, what they're going to do is you choose what you want, and they send them to you in small sample sizes. However, it's basically a 30-day supply. So you choose the cologne you want to try, whether it's Versace or Gucci or Dolce & Gabbana. They send you a 30-day supply. That's 120 sprays, enough to apply more than four times a day. Not sure what type of scent you're looking for. Sort colognes and perfumes by brand, occasion, season, style, more, all that stuff. Or take Scentbird's True Scent Quiz to discover more personalized recommendations. I'm a guy that's pretty much worn the same cologne for the last two or three years. I don't change it up much. I'm a creature of habit occasionally I will, but I really like the one that I wear. And then Scentbird came to me. I've tried some more recently, and I love them all. So now I don't know what I'm going to do. And with an exclusive offer just for our listeners, you can get 50% off your first month today. That's only $7.50 for your first fragrance. Go to Scentbird.com slash Steve. Use my code Steve for 50% off your first month. Again, that's S-C-E-N-T Bird.com slash Steve. For you to try your first cologne or perfume for just $7.50. Sign on. Smell amazing. And also, what company is America's largest independent natural product company where not one single product has been tested on animals and they're planting one million trees by the end of 2020? That's Grove.co. Grove.co makes shopping for natural products easy with organic, eco-friendly, and sustainable products from top brands like 7th Generation, Dr. Broner, and Mrs. Myers. No more worrying about overpaying for organic products from questionable websites. Plus, since Grove is a B corporation, meaning they're legally required, consider the impact of their decisions on their workers, customers, suppliers, community, and the environment. You're doing something good for you, your home, and the planet when you shop at Grove.co. Looking to get some organic products myself. Very easy to use. I'm excited about receiving these products. Website is very easy to look at, very easy to use. Go check it out. It's grove.co. Start right now and get a free $30 Mrs. Myers gift set at grove.co slash Steve with your first order. This is a special offer for our listeners. Get a free $30 Mrs. Myers gift set at grove.co slash Steve. Grove.co slash Steve. Now let's get back to Jacqueline Trumbull uninterrupted for the remainder of the podcast. You know, you talk about the fighting and or the infighting, whatever you want to call it, um, with yeah. with a lot of the women this season. I want to get your thoughts on some of these that we saw, because um, I don't know who you're who you like and who you dislike among um, the women this season. But 
one of the uh, oh, th- before we even continue, I need to ask: Are you are are are, we, are you spoiled this season? Um, I well, are your listeners spoiled? Well, if, if like if, like if, I got one piece of information, but I'm I'm essentially unspoiled. So you have no idea what happens next week in the finale. Am I am I allowed to tell what I? What's spoiled on? Oh yeah, because then I will just I'll just I'll put it at the beginning of the podcast that this is a spoiler podcast. Sometimes some people okay. don't. Like when I had Emma Gray on from Huffington Post, she is unspoiled, yeah. so we just didn't talk spoilers. Um, I just asked her opinion of what she thought, and then I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> you know. Yeah. But I have no problem talking spoilers. That's fine. I mean, I just heard I heard weeks ago that he left the show for someone. Yeah. And then separately, I heard it was Cassie. Yeah. But I wasn't. But then I put my fingers in my ear and hummed to myself. Sorry, because I didn't want to. That, that was at the wedding. <laughs> I heard that. So, because <laughs> um, oh. yeah, I didn't, I didn't want to be spoiled. But I also was such a sucker for you know hearing secrets. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean it's impossible not to. Um, I mean, yeah, that's basically what happened. So obviously, where we last left off, he jumped the fence, but he still got. Yeah. So now you've got Cassie in a car heading off. Yeah, but don't tell me. Don't give me details of what happens, because that's literally the extent of how I'm spoiled. I don't know how he leaves. I don't know if he says goodbye to the other women. I don't know, like, if he, you know, how uh, he tracks her down. I don't know any of that. Okay. All right, that's no problem. Um, okay. <laughs> let's let's talk about that. Let's. Um, what was I going to? Oh, the the women infighting. Yeah. God, a few things. What What is your take on the Nicole Onyeka beef? I mean, I thought it was stupid. I thought it reflected poorly on both of them, mm-hmm. uh, more so on Yeka, which it, it was interesting that at Women Tell All, people seem to be more on Onyeka's side. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, I mean, the women. Um, I think that Nicole was portrayed as just a s- sweet person. I mean, I thought that their beef was really strange. And I could see why Onyeka was frustrated because she should be able to be assertive. And everybody talks about each other behind their back. It's just a rule of life without being called a bully but then once she was accused of that then she started being a bit of a bully so um at women tell all i found that particularly egregious especially when that random chick in the back was like i was bullied when i was young and this isn't bullying it's like bullying doesn't have a a specific definition you know i mean it's not like there's a list of 10 items that comprise bullying like you know it it nicole was being shouted down and and it I mean, Onyeki was extremely condescending um, and was trying to twist her words, I think, and make her feel um, psycho <laughs> or, or just unreasonable or whatever. And so I felt bad about that. But I, I wonder if there was something missing there, because obviously, like, you know, a lot of people felt, I think, the way that Onyeka felt. So, well, I, yeah, but, I think one thing that got yeah. overlooked was mm-hmm. they teased it in the promo and then they did show it when it went back to the show, but there were so many women talking over each other, you didn't quite hear it. I mean, and the person in the back that you're talking about, I think you're talking about Nina, is when Nina told Nicole, Nicole, you're accusing Onyeka of bullying you, yet when Elise was out on her one-on-one date, you told us at the pool, which was then confirmed by someone else up on stage, that yeah. you didn't think Elise was pretty enough to be on the show and too old. Like, how is that not? I think that's the whole point was... You're you're crying and you're calling people out for bullying when you're doing the exact same thing yourself. Like I don't. Yeah. I I don't know if I would call that bullying. I mean, that sounds more like cattiness, which isn't necessarily a better trait. Um, 
but but bullying i think is like a direct attempt to dominate somebody else so i i okay. don't i didn't get that from nicole and i did get that from anyeka but that doesn't necessarily mean that one is better than the other and i and i can see why anyeka would be like what like i don't you know i don't like you and i and i don't respect you and then that's why she would maybe act that way towards her like mm-hmm. I, could, I could see that here was a good one that came up this season and mm-hmm. obviously you can relate to it because you got far enough in the show. You got to final, what was it, five, six, seven? seven. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. I mean, you were you were in the episode before Hometown Dates, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so this whole thing with Katie overhearing a conversation between mm-hmm. Kaylin and Cassie in the bus ride from the airport once they landed in Singapore, which was episode four. And okay. This whole idea of they, I heard them over, you know, I overheard them talking and it was bachelorette talk. And I have, I think, see, I think this is getting misconstrued. And I think we're talking about two different things here. I think there's the, the conversation that she heard, which she clearly laid out on women tell all last night, which was the first time I actually heard what she heard, which was, um, you know, she heard them talking about bachelorette and left it pretty general. And then Kaylin said, yeah, but this is what we were talking about. And to me, I didn't necessarily, I think that got blown. I think bachelorette talk between Kaylin and Cassie got blown out of proportion. I don't think it was as big of a deal as they made it out to be. How about you? How about you when you were on your season? I'm guessing when you're down to the final six or seven, there's talk amongst the women of, who do you think it would be good? You know, who do you think would be good in that role? You had to have talked about it, right? Or no? I mean, okay. Well, I wasn't, I wasn't friends with everybody on my season at the time, and so there would be like a larger group who might have talked more about that. I was, I was like, basically bosom buddies with Kendall. So, I mean, the only thing I ever said about Bachelorette was that I thought CN should be Bachelorette. I never heard any other comments about it at all. Um, I know that Tia, I think, was like angry with Becca or whatever for for speaking the way that Katie was telling Kaylin she was speaking, you know, like calling it a game, talking about winning versus losing, that kind of thing. I also think that's overblown. I want to say from the outset that Katie is one of my favorites this Mm -hmm. season. I think Mm -hmm. she's awesome. And I actually really liked how she handled that confrontation. I thought she was excellent. um, For a couple of reasons that I'll talk about in a second. I think in general... People get really mad about when you do talk about this competition as if it's a game, but it is a competition. And so therefore it is game. I I mean, and so, yeah, ultimately you have to keep a little bit of emotional distance because the, the reality is that you will most not like, you will most likely not end up with the lead. So I think it's stupid to go after people for having conversations about other possibilities for their life trajectory. We certainly talked about Instagram, how much money you could make. I don't remember having like particularly extensive conversations about that. It wasn't a huge focal point. But when you're talking in a group, it doesn't make sense to talk about I love Ari. I'm going to marry Ari. Oh, my God. Like he you know, I think about him every day. That doesn't make sense because that sort of devalues everybody else's relationship. And it's that would just be a strange conversation. So you're going to talk about actual connectors. Um, and that might be Instagram or it might be a question of who would be the best bachelorette or what would I do as the bachelorette. Yeah. So those conversations make a lot more sense to me than than talking about, you know, the the proverbial right reasons. I think when it was brought up initially, when we first heard 
Cassie and Kaylin were talking about The Bachelorette. The negative connotation that it had, mm-hmm. I think the audience, and I can't, obviously I can't speak for the whole audience, but the way it was presented on the show, it was almost like Cassie and Kaylin were having a conversation about, like, I don't even want to win. I just want to be The Bachelorette. Like, that's a whole different thing as opposed to what Kaylin described the conversation was, which was, you know, if you win, you know, if I win or if you win, I'd really like the other one to be the Bachelorette. I have no problem with that whatsoever. But the way they presented it on the show, it made it seem like Cassie and or Kaylin said, I don't even care. You know, I don't even care to be here. I I, I don't want to win. I want to be the Bachelorette. Like there's a there's two. It's night and day. Apples and oranges, that conversation. And yeah, the way the show presented it is not how the conversation was which we finally heard last night. And Katie didn't dispute that part. Katie just took it as when she heard it in her mind, Mm -hmm. that was, I don't think your, you know, whatever she, whatever the word she used, was it life goals or something like that? Don't match up with Colton's. And that's just an opinion of Katie's. That's not fact. Yeah. Well, what I liked about what Katie said is she's like, look, this is what I heard you say. We had a conversation about it where we basically agreed on what was said and how we feel about it, which is, which was that Katie didn't particularly demonize it. She's like, yeah, I mean, it, it is what it is. I didn't find it personally offensive. It's just that, you know, as I was leaving, because she didn't name names, right? I mean, she just told Colton to look out for who might be there for yeah. him, which is a fine thing to convey to the lead. I mean, she didn't throw anybody specific under the bus. And then it's it's just that two other women then also seem, happened to share that perspective. Um, and then she felt a bit betrayed, I think, by Kaylin acting as if they had never come to that conclusion over the phone and and her trying to, I guess, like deny. I, I don't know, deny what Katie knew to be real. Like, yeah. I, I, I just I, I would have found that annoying, too, if I were Katie, like, OK, here we are being performers again, whereas when she spoke on the phone, we were normal human beings. I that What makes me so sad about Women Tell All in general is that. We all talk before that and we all come to our own relationships and then suddenly we're on stage again and we're performing again and people have an agenda again, the Paradise Audition or just getting additional airtime. And that breaks down the relationships and the the trust and the secrets that have been shared during that time. And that was just appalling last night. I mean, people were just throwing each other under the bus right and left. (laughs) Yeah, I think the whole conversation of we had a we had a phone call conversation post show, you know, Katie, mm-hmm. Katie and Kaylin did, and they couldn't agree on what that conversation was about. And my thing and my thing has always been, OK, one of them is lying because one of them is flat out saying that's not what we talked about. One of them is saying, no, this is what we talked about. Yeah. Katie has no reason to lie in that situation, because let's be honest, she was not a main player on this season. She has nothing to gain by lying about a conversation she had post show with Kaylin and about and what they said. Kaylin yeah. has Kaylin was a very much talked about figure on this season. Was probably a bachelorette candidate at some point, or at least thought she was. She right. has way more to protect than Katie does at that point. I have no reason to believe Katie lied, and Kaylin just came across as kind of protecting herself. Like I, she, I mean. It's almost like they agreed to admit that that's what she heard in the car, but then Kaylin throws in there it it, it wasn't that. It just it was so 
Good lord! And you saw you saw Katie's reaction. Like if Katie, I was gonna say, yeah. If you could see the blood level on Katie, and we had something attached to her arm, it probably would have exploded. Because I'm like, I'm really irritated because Katie tweeted earlier today. You know that people are basically criticizing her for her reaction last night. It's yeah. like her reaction was completely justified and normal. <laughs> so and it, and it wasn't. It, yeah, it wasn't intense. It wasn't angry. It was just. Like, like I can't, it almost I can't believe you're saying betrayal. this. Yeah, it's like I can't believe you're what? saying this, Caitlin. We, it, right. We've talked about this, or you know, it, it was really weird. Um, yeah. And like I said, I just Katie is not as nearly as big of a player this season as as Kaylin was. She has nothing to lie about. Like you can say, like, well, she can. She just wanted to cause drama so she can be on Paradise. She was probably going to be on Paradise anyway. Half these women are. You know, right. half of Colton's season is going to be on Paradise. They don't need to. I mean, they call it the, they call the Women Tell All the Bachelor in Paradise audition. However, right. however, it's really only the audition for women that went home episodes one, two, and three because they're the I ones that have agree. To, they're the ones that have to make waves. If you, I mean, you could just go down the list of every woman on Colton's season that got to Denver or even in Thailand and Vietnam, they're probably all going to be on Paradise at some point. It's yeah, it's the it, well, sloth it, girl or Jane who started running her mouth when she knows nothing about anything. Those yeah, are the girls that annoying. are Yeah, those are the girls that are auditioning, not necessarily someone who got to episode 7. You think Heather's auditioning? No, she's on, you know. Well, so I just but that's what was so infuriating about watching this last night. It's like, why are you guys seriously embarrassing yourself <laughs> yourselves? Like you're yeah. you know, you don't have anything to gain by that. You already you already have the Eric time you're going to have. Like don't Ugh, don't degrade yourselves by acting this way. I mean, you don't have anything to prove to the producers. And the other thing is that even if somebody didn't get a massive amount of airtime, you'll go on Paradise if you have a, a good relationship with the franchise. You know, yeah. like people, you know, this isn't like inside knowledge. It's just th they will bring back people that they like working with. That's how the world works. Yeah. So whether or not you're a monster on Women Tell All, it just doesn't impact, I don't think, the extent that they think. <laughs> yeah, like I think I said, I think it's 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 the fringe people, the the people that they're like, okay, well, who are we going to bring on in episode five or six? And right. that's usually someone who got eliminated in episode one, two, or three. Like that's who's. Right. We know basically who's going to be original cast of <laughs> Paradise without even knowing. I would I would name some names, but you're right. you're unspoiled, so I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> possibly ruin anything for you, but it's not hard to think that. I mean, we all know Nicole and Anyeka are both going to be down there and, and continue their yeah. continue their feud. Um, uh, that's annoying. Yeah, they'll they'll both be down there. Demi's going to be down there. I'm sure Courtney will be down there. So let's let's talk about that little tiff last night. Demi versus Courtney. Okay. What did you think of that? Sure. I thought it reflected pretty poorly on both of them. I loved Demi the whole season. Um, the the people that I really really liked from the season were Katie, Demi, and Tasha. Huh. And I didn't. Why'd you say? Uh. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I'm fine with Katie, and uh, I'm fine with Katie and Katie. <laughs> uh, not not a huge not a huge fan of Tasha and um, Demi. I'm just I can't stand. So it is what it is. Yeah, well, Demi's Demi's certainly polarizing. I I found her entertaining. She's got very clever lines. Um, she's certainly unapologetic, and I I actually really liked her one on one time with Colton. Beyond the hypersexualized stuff, that was just sort of weird. Well, it was sort of attention grabby, but I, I I thought it was also kind of nice in a season that was so puritanical. Yeah. Um, I really liked moments when she told him that she would always protect him because I believed her, and I also thought that that was, uh, 
that was valuable protection. I would like to be protected by Demi. She seems like she'll she'll kill to keep the people that she loves protected. So um, there were a lot of things I found quite endearing about her. That exchange, I thought, was really exemplified immaturity in both of them. But Demi had a few things going for her. One, it was on brand. And two, she was funny. Um, Courtney, I don't know what she was thinking. I mean, I, yeah. I guess she was egged on to do that. I thought the pacifier thing was absolutely abhorrent. Like it, it makes me uncomfortable to think about. I, I'm, I'm glad it was to Demi because Demi doesn't seem to have the ability to be humiliated. But if somebody did that to me, I think I would instantly just start crying. Like you, you don't dominate someone else like that. You know, you don't invade their body like that. It, that, that was just really, really terrible. Um, it was just, it was a stupid stunt. It was a stupid prop. Obviously it was put together by production because I don't think, um, I, I don't think that Courtney went into that thinking like, I'm going to go buy a pacifier. Right. I'm going to stick it in Demi's mouth when we get in a fight. I, I don't think, think so either. Stupid. However. And Courtney was almost docile on the show. I mean, she was, she, yeah, she was not that angry. I mean, she was more frustrated on the show. And so this was just, seemed like she just got completely egged on. It was also very similar to the Chelsea uh, Marie move with a mirror compact. Oh, uh, l- let me so, ask you. Let me ask you this about the Courtney thing. I I, sure. I I totally agree with you. It was, you know, abhorrent. It was stupid. It was dumb. It was a dumb prop. She should never have gotten out of her seat. She should never have put it. You know, tried to put it in her mouth. But can we? I, I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe I'm the old fogey here. But can we stop calling that assault, please? Like that was. She didn't assault another woman. She did a stupid act where she like put a, st- a dumb pacifier. She tried to put it in her mouth and didn't succeed. Is that, I don't know, is that assault? Like, I mean, I, I don't know the technical definition of assault. I can certainly see why people are calling it that. I don't exactly want her to be dragged away by police. I mean, that's stupid. Um, I guess it's a yeah, form I, of assault. But when I think of assault, I think of if Courtney would have walked up to Demi, did the same exact thing, but instead of trying to st- stick a silly pacifier in her mouth, raised her hand and slapped her across the face. That's assault to me. <laughs> Not, here, put a pacifier in your mouth. Like, I don't know. I, it just seems like yeah, I, I so mean, carried my, away with stuff. Well, I, I mean, I agree with that sentiment in general. <laughs> uh, I, I, I don't know. That, I, like, I think that there's increased sensitivity towards things like that in general right now. So, yes, people are just salivating over calling it assault. Yeah. That being said, I mean, there was such an element of humiliation in that act. And, and I don't think Courtney necessarily intended it that way. I mean, I think that she is probably pretty horrified by the reception that got. Yeah. Because it's really, really easy to be talked into things that seem innocuous and could be, like, goofy um, when you're already that, like, emotionally invested. So I, I don't think that Courtney is, like, a bad person or anything like that. It just was profoundly stupid and uh, mean. It was, yeah, it was a horrible idea i don't know who came up with it she should never have gone along with it she should never have gotten out of her seat yeah uh, and stood up in front of a woman it just that is totally i'm totally against everything that she did i i mean i said it like it just the whole thing was just dumb and they both looked bad i think demi you know my issue with demi all season has just been she's it's it's she's a try hard she's trying too hard and i don't i don't buy it i don't buy the act i feel like she knew what she was doing from the second she walked on that show. This is a this is Corinne 2.0. This is a a girl that is built for paradise, and just you know, 
um, saying that, oh, you should have taken me to the fantasy suite. You really missed out. Like, just stuff like that is so thirsty and extra and dumb to me, and very and See, very becoming of a twenty three year old. Like she's she acts her age, if not younger. Well, sure, but but it also takes. A, I mean, it, yes, there is a, a strong element of immaturity to Demi, but it also takes a lot of confidence. Well, to be that confident, <laughs> I mean, to, to not back down from who you are and to. Uh, Sure, she's she's definitely extra, but she's also like the only color we had to this entire season. I mean, it was it was bland. I, I, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I agree. I, I mean, she H- was... Hannah, Hannah B also contributed some color. I, I would think they're kind of the two sources. Those are probably the only two people whose personalities we actually got to know this season. Like, yeah, I know yeah. that you know we know things about certain women. We know that what happened tragically to happen in to Kaylin in college. We know that Tasha had a divorce a year and a half ago. We know that Hannah G's parents got divorced and the mother drew, drew, drove over the lawn. But, I mean, what do we really know about these women and their personalities? I will give Demi and Hannah B uh, credit for that. They're, those are the only two we know anything about. We know exactly well, the, what Demi is, and Hannah yeah. B is very quirky, goofy, has a ton of insecurities, and <laughs> um, but that's what makes her who she is, and... I, I I just I don't know if we've that is the strange thing about the show right is this lesson that that dating um, and, and connection and getting to know each other means trading stories instead of trading perspectives <laughs> and that's just because it's good TV but it's it's funny then when people like Caitlin early in the season fall for that and they, they feel like oh I don't I don't know how to convey my personality here because I don't have a story to tell you. Yeah. What'd she say? Than... Like I'm 22 or I've never, I don't have any, I don't have any <laughs> stories to share. I'm just, I, you know, and it's almost like, yeah, that's what kind of the show has turned into. If you don't have a tragic backstory or you don't have a major event in your life that changed your perspective on things, it's almost like you can't go far in this show or you're, you're yeah. just not an interesting character to the audience. And unfortunately, right. That's the way. That's the way they view some of the people on the show. Yep. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. I, I, have you been aware of Bachelorette talk? Are you spoiled on that? Oh, all? Hannah B. Yeah. So, yeah. what what are your thoughts on Hannah B? Oh, that's right. You texted me the other night and said Hannah B's a Bachelorette. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> um. So, what do you think of it? I think it's fine. I don't know. I, I think her problems are that she's she's very bad at articulating herself. Um, I don't think that she would take issue with me saying that. I mean, that that was what her first episode was all about. And I think that that serious problem for the lead. That being said, I do think that she is openly emotional um, and she there's some interest around her. Like, I don't think that she's a bland person. No, her bland know. character. So in that case, I'm I'm happy. I'm a little concerned for the men they're going to bring on. I hope they're at least older, and I hope they lean into the goofy aspect of her personality and not the typical like Southern bro type. And I and I love Southernism from the South, but you know what I mean. Like the, yeah. like like I don't want twenty James Taylors walking around. I want zero James Taylors on this show <laughs> ever again. Um, <laughs> The uh, so well, you'll get your guys next week. I'll be releasing a lot of them next week, so uh, you'll have to oh, you have to so, go sick hour and uh, 
go internet stalk them and maybe set up something for a yeah a tryst in unless paradise. I, unless I do another podcast with TV Guide, I don't think I'll be watching this. But, <laughs> and I certainly will not be DM slipping, sliding. <laughs> DM slipping—that's a good one. Um, what is the? Okay, so you're fine with it. when you were watching the show before this. I made it. I confirmed it a couple of days ago, and you and I had a brief discussion about it. When you were watching the show, I guess in the early episodes, episodes two, three, and four, sure. did, did you have a front runner in mind, or someone you would have liked to have seen as the Bachelorette, or did it evolve over time? And because I'll tell you my thoughts after you go. No, I don't know. I mean, or who did you think it was going to be based on what you I were guess witnessing? Kaylin. I guess Kaylin, but it, but she started getting a, a less flattering edit as time went on. Yeah. I mean, it, it looked like she was getting the edit for leaving the window open on that, but yeah, I, I haven't found too many people to be too inspiring on this, which isn't a surprise. And it's also not a critique of the people. It really is so much more about editing that you just don't, you don't really get to know these people. When I meet everyone in real life, I'm like, God, you're great. I really, really like you. But what comes through on TV is, is not, has not been particularly aspirational. So I'm fine with Hannah B. Part of me wanted – I actually got really excited. I knew Mike Fleiss was trolling, but I got kind of excited when he said that we would have some clarity soon because I love Claire Crawley. I've never met her, but <laughs> I, I want her to be happy. <laughs> um, oh, I thought you were going to talk about when – Fleiss was trolling and talking about Chloe Kardashian. Yeah, no. Oh well, no, that would have really that would have really annoyed me. She's already famous. Yeah, there's no. That's why it was never. It's 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 like, not only was that never going to happen. It's not like he was making it seem like there were actually discussions. He's never even bothered <laughs> because he knows what the answer is. He knows the answer is no. Chloe Kardashian yeah. would never do this show because she's above it. Like she's right. she's an A list star. Whether you like her yeah. or not, or whether you agree with it, that whole family, with they are a list in pop culture world. They are a listers. They're not doing the Bachelorette. Khloe Kardashian doesn't need to go on the Bachelorette so she can meet so she can meet Joe Blow from Nashville, Tennessee, who's a bartender. Spoiler. Yeah. Alert. Um, <laughs> um, there, there is a guy from Nashville. He's not a bartender, but uh, we do have a, a a guy from Nashville that's you know. I mean, look, the guys that I have for next season that you'll see next week, it, it's I, I say it every season. It's the same. It's the same type of people that we see every season. It's not like you're going to get some. I'm going to release somebody and you're going to be like, oh, my God, he blows you out of the water. They're not. They're just they're guys. They're just guys that they cast to be on this show. And we'll see what happens once they get on there. Um, right. You know, they're, and they are guys that uh, are probably going to make up a majority of the paradise original cast so i mean just mm -hmm. get ready uh, get ready for what you saw on women tell all monday night just know that that's going to be probably 80 percent of your female cast for <sighs> paradise this summer and the guys coming up on hannah's season is going to be most of your guys that you're going to see uh on on paradise this summer as well it just, <laughs> it just is are we going to see you on paradise I, know. I don't think so. Really? I, know I haven't you said been in any be talks with it. anyone. Okay. Uh, I mean, I, I had said if I were original cast, then I would consider it. But I don't know what's going on with my life. So I have to figure that out first. But I'm not, it's not something I'm pursuing in any way. Um, and, and I, you know, knowing that this stuff does affect grad school decisions. I mean, I, I don't think, though, 
because I got I got a large enough number of interviews that I don't think me going on The Bachelor really turned anybody off. It's just that once it gets closer, people start asking. So, you know, if I had if I had done something super awful, then maybe that would have been a problem. And I'm that's always possible if you go on again. <laughs> Very true, because you just yeah. never know what's going to happen and what edit you're going to get. Um, final thing. Let's talk about the sure. Colton and Cassie from Monday night. That whole scenario i said in my column and i said at the night that it aired it was very reminiscent of the ari becca breakup i felt it went on about 15 minutes too long because nothing got accomplished it was breakups are never fun there's never there's never a breakup in the entire history of breakups i don't think where some the person that's doing the breaking up the other person says you know what you're right cool i'm good with it see ya like it's always getting dragged (laughs) out questions want to be answered or questions want to be asked you want some answers and, you know, Cassie's 1,000 I don't knows and Colton's just come here and giving her a hug. It went on a long time, like the Ari and Becca thing. It was just like, okay, can we fast forward this? Um, we know what the end result is. But what was your take on the whole thing? And the accusations from women this season earlier, Kerpa and Tasha saying they didn't think Cassie was ready, and then her getting to that point and basically not being ready. What is your <laughs> thoughts on everything? Uh, I actually didn't mind the length of it. Um, I was pretty riveted the entire time, but then again, I was also pretty riveted with Ari and Becca. Uh, I thought that this was the part in the show that reflected the best on Colton. I also personally thought Cassie did a great job. Other people I'm sure disagree with me, but looking back on my breakups, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm combining kind of my breakup with Ari and then my breakup with a, a more serious boyfriend who I knew wanted like thought I was the one and how I reacted and I think that Cassie given her confusion was as clear as she could possibly be and she ripped the band-aid off several times it's just that it's just too hard to like just immediately walk away what I really liked about Colton was a he wasn't afraid to say everything that he was thinking b he was incredibly respectful and three at several points he made her get to the point which was great he was like you know, she'd be talking and talking and saying, I don't know. I don't know if I can get there, whatever. And then he'd go, wait, have you already decided to leave? Which is the right question because why, because he needed to know how he was supposed to fight for her or whether he was supposed to fight. Do you know what I mean? So I, I really, really liked those moments. I thought that he, he was just trying to take the pressure off, trying to be respectful towards her, but also figure out is this conversation where is it going? Is it worth having? Is this, am I like fighting a losing battle? So I thought it was great. The shaking was really sweet. Obviously they put up the sound on that. So it was a little weird, what but if, what if it was just him being cold? <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know necessarily he was shaking because it, maybe it was cold out. Like anyway, um, but what, where do you feel Cassie is at, at this moment in time where we're at in the show? What do you think, her thought process was because he specifically told her, look, I just want it to be you at the end. We don't have to be engaged. And yet she still bounced. So what do you think? I I mean, she's getting a lot of heat online and do you know what the main argument against her is or what people are saying? No, what? That she did that at final three because she was, she was removing herself because she wanted to be bachelorette. And that's why she did what she did because he even said, we don't have to be engaged 
and she then she felt like, oh shit, now what do I do? And she still left anyway. That's, I think that's ungenerous. I yeah, I don't, I don't. I mean, people are. It's I guess it's just an, a very easy and lazy conclusion to draw because she eliminated yeah. herself at final three and. I I don't see how that means that she was bachelorette because if it means she wanted to be bachelorette, I would think that would mean she needed to remain single. But um, you know, uh, I don't. What do you think is going through her mind? Why did she leave as opposed to Hey Colton? Here was my thought process. Hey Colton, why could why couldn't she have said Colton? Let's not. I I don't feel comfortable doing the overnight date. I need some time to think about this. But I'd mm-hmm. rather not do the overnight date as opposed to getting in a car and leaving or uh, thinking that w- she's going to leave. Why not? Well, do I'm going to I'm going to ignore the part where you said otherwise she would just stay single. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, I would have a clear answer to this if I didn't think that she and Colton were together right now. I mean, my perspective on watching this and what was going through my head is that there's one of two scenarios okay the first being the Jacqueline the second being the Kendall and when I say the Jacqueline I don't necessarily mean with Ari but like also with my ex so for me it was something was essentially missing but I had developed really strong uh affection for that person mm-hmm. and 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 I cared about you know I cared about them a lot and I cared about their well-being a lot and so and I had questions, you know, I mean, you always wonder if your feelings can change. I think especially with Ari, like I would have stayed another week probably if I didn't have the work thing going on. I don't know that I would have stayed much longer than that. So her timing with that makes sense. Also, I think he would have kicked me off, you know, not much longer than that. But, you know, if if he thought that I was going to be the one at the end, like I don't think that I would have gotten to that stage. Um because I thought that there was something fundamentally missing. So when I watched her, I was like, Cassie thinks there's something fundamentally missing with Colton. She is not in love with Colton. And she said that she was very clear about that. Yeah. She said it. And yeah. And I think she probably had some curiosity about whether that would develop, but in her mind, well, I, I think the mechanism that happens is that because there's that doubt and you're in such a high pressure situation, that doubt turns into guilt and guilt kills attraction really quickly, but it also develops nurturing feelings towards the other person. And so you feel like you love them, but you don't feel like you're in love with them. And so that puts you, it it like almost neuters the other person, which isn't fair to that. It's not fair to Colton, you know, because he, he was trying to take the pressure off and he was saying, you know, we don't have to do it this way. We can do it however you want. Like he's trying to get rid of that guilt and pressure, but it already existed and it had already poisoned the relationship. And so she had made up her mind, you know, and and even when you're doubting in that moment, when you've gone in with such conviction, it's very, very hard to then let yourself change your mind because you assume that you're going to go back to that place of strong conviction. You're going to go back to that place where you realize you should have left and now you've missed your opportunity and now you're in an even worse situation. So for me, she left because she's just like, "I, I, I can't, I can't not finish what I started and I, and I am not going to be able to fully be attracted to this person and let myself fall in love with this person with this guilt. So then perhaps when she went home and he comes after her, she's had some time to process, probably regret a little bit, freak out. And then they're in the outside world now and they can kind of start anew. Um, the other possibility I can see is the Kendall, which is, you know, uh, I, I suppose Kendall 
felt some commitment issues and which is fine because it's fucking two weeks on a beach, you know, whatever. Uh, And some, it's like paradise is different because it's okay to feel doubt and you don't have to leave engaged and you're not robbing anybody of anything. And so I think she, she mistakenly let the pressure get to her. And then once she was off the Island, realized her mistake. So that's like the other thing that possibly could have happened. But I thought Cassie, like I, I thought it was the right choice for her to leave. It's, it's a little odd to me that, if they're together now, but whatever. Good for them. Yeah, no, I mean, it's just, that's what I'm interested to see and exactly what it is that, I don't know, flipped the switch in her mind. I don't, was it time away? Was it, I just needed a night to myself, two nights to myself, a week to myself, whatever. It's just, yeah. you know, I guess we'll, we'll find that all out next week. But, um, did you have any problem? I, I you know, her dad's taking a beating online too for, what a controlling parent. Let your daughter make her own decisions. I didn't, again, I, I, don't, I just didn't look at it that way. All I thought he was doing was presenting her with a scenario because he knew that she's living in a bubble out there. And all he's saying is like, look, just know that don't rush into things because of pressures that come with being on this show. And it was almost like, I'm laying this all out here just so you know. I don't think he was telling her to do anything. That's not the impression I got. Some people did, though. Uh, no, I thought it was fine. And it's. I thought it was nice to see a father-daughter relationship that was that close. I think I don't totally buy the idea that you can't have doubts. Um, yeah, that was the one I, thing I, I think I, he's wrong about. Yeah, to say I, that you know right away about your spouse, that's, that's, that's not right. I guarantee there's plenty of married couples right now, 20 years married, 30 years married, that said, I didn't like my husband when I first met him. Like you don't know right. right away on everybody. That's but because it happened to him, I guess he thinks it should happen all the time, and that's I think that's kind of yeah. short-sighted. It, well, it sucks because it it sells this 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 narrative that we've been gobbling up, you know, and that, that I think is damaging society a little bit. That we're supposed to have fairy tales instead of having to work towards a connection. So I didn't love that, but I think what he was referring to was just a more essential doubt, which was that there was a chunk missing in her affection for him in her, in her attraction to him. And uh, at that early stage, I don't know that you should have doubts that are that intense. I mean, the bachelor is a show about not settling. (laughs) It's a show about finding your fairy tale and your happy ending and having everything you want. And afterwards is when it gets tough, which is why I think there's, Partly there's that engagement at the end because the engagement is the part of a relationship that's all about fairy tale. You know, it's got the big sparkly ring. It's got the pizzazz. It's like everything has culminated in this wonderful moment. And then marriage is when it gets hard. So you don't want the bachelor to end with marriage. You want to end with the engagement. And, and, uh, and, and Cassie wouldn't have given him that story. So, and, and if you're not swept away with the tide at that point, then you're probably not going to get there in the end. So I think she's the right thing. And I think her father is fine. And also her father's allowed to talk to his daughter, however, not however he wants, but I mean, he wasn't being abusive or controlling really like he, he's allowed to share the perspective that he, he believes to be true. That's the thing. So plenty of people think he was controlling. I didn't see it. You didn't see it, but there are people that think she's an adult too. You know I mean? Obviously we're more influenced by our family than anybody else, but, but they're having an adult conversation and, and that's fine. The thing I the, the the one thing that I'm trying to get over and look I think it's going to be split on both sides. I don't know what the percentage breakdown would be, but you know, knowing where we're at at the end of this thing, um some people are like, "Dude, she doesn't want you." 
Um, <laughs> she's she's made it clear, and some people look at what Colton eventually does is desperate. And then uh-huh. some people, knowing what the outcome is, are going to look at it as like, wow, he fought for his woman. And look, he got her. Uh-huh. Where do you stand on it? Do you think it came across as it's going to come across as desperate? Like this woman was clear to you. I don't I'm in love with I love you, but I'm not in love with you. And do you think it's desperate that he was just like basically took that as like, OK, but she gave me something. So I'm hump- I'm just going to build off that. No, I think people. I don't know why people need to make these value judgments. They're they're nasty, which I'm being a hypocrite because I make value judgments all the time. But anyways, uh. look, I mean, it, it is fine for somebody to go. Obviously, he was acting on a hunch and he was extremely respectful for, towards her. You know, I mean, this wasn't the Ari Becca thing. Like people were criticizing him for not leaving, which also I don't think it was necessarily completely his choice but anyways with with colton you know i mean i i think in her mind she would be very happy to see him again and when you are in that bubble and she expressed that you know i mean you you're not thinking clearly you kind of can't and so it makes complete sense for him to say maybe she feels different now that she's back in the real world and your information about each other is so limited i mean his her family's information on him was limited. Like I, I I don't see anything wrong with fighting for something that you really, really care about. Now, if he stalked her, you know, or pursued her relentlessly, then that would be a different story, but it's just a second conversation. And obviously it worked out, Steve. I I didn't say I, I, I'm under the impression that I'm more interested in spoiling this for me. Well, I mean, you said you heard it. You said you heard it at the wedding. Like, I know I didn't hear that they were together. Now, oh, um, yeah. <laughs> I'm more. I, I'm more interested in the Cassie side. I really am. I'm more interested in how we went from what we saw Monday night to like, what is her reasoning? What did was there something? Was there another conversation that we're going to he- see next week? I don't know because, as I've said all season with the spoilers, like I knew the I knew the outcome. But right. there were details about it that I don't know how they got to that point. And um, basically right after the fence jump is, you know, I only have the basics of what we see after that. But in terms of yeah. detailed stuff, I mean, the the previews that they showed Monday and even last night, we do see that Colton has a talk with Chris Harrison and he has a talk with his dad. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'm sure that influence what influences what he does next. But. Yeah, I'm really interested in Cassie's end because I want to see what she says and then I want to see what she says at the After the Final Rose live when she's there with him and, and just kind of see what these two are like. Are they ever going to get married? Not in a million fucking years. But I want to see what she has to say. <laughs> I want to see what she uh, has know, to say. <laughs> I think part of the confusion is that Cassie has been really difficult to get to know. Like, I couldn't describe Cassie. She surfs. There. There you go. She surfs? She what surfs. does that mean? She surfs. We saw her surfing on her hometown day. She likes to oh, surf. surf, surf. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, oh. no, I don't know who she is. I don't know who Hannah G is either, but I, I, I have a better sense. Cassie's a complete blank for me, which doesn't mean that I don't like her. I mean, I, I really liked her in that breakup, but I just cannot for the life of me profile her. I, I just. I think we can say she's an indecisive person. Is that fair? Like, I mean, she said, I don't know, and I don't know what to do. And am I, you know, am I, and then when she went outside with the producer, it was, 
God, am I making a mistake? Like she was very indecisive that night. That's that's not even opinion. I don't think that's can, fact, right? I don't think you can. I don't think you can say that's her entire personality type, though. I mean, it's she was in a she was indecisive on that confusing. night. Yeah, she was confused. She was. I just there's a lot of stuff that was going on in her head that she hasn't been able to explain. Maybe she'll explain it in next Monday and Tuesday's episode when this is all over. So I'm sure she'll take to Instagram and share her thoughts on everything. But obviously, as a contestant who's still on the show, she can't speak to anything right now. So we really don't know. And that's what I'm I'm really interested to see what she has to say next week. I mean, that's going to be I, yeah. big for me. I think 50 percent of her I don't know is that she didn't want to hurt his feelings. And women, I think, in particular myself in particular are very, very reluctant to uh, make concrete statements that will rip somebody's heart out. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, when, when you can blur it a little bit, when you, you can make it kind of about yourself and your indecision and, and not target, n- not make that person feel invalidated in any specific way. We think that's better when in fact it isn't. Um, so I think that that was half of it. I don't think that was real indecision. The other half of it was probably, that when you're in the moment, you don't want to do the difficult thing, even though she had actually decisively uh, decided, <laughs> committed yeah. to her. So, so I don't know. Uh, yeah. But yeah, that stuff. Yeah, I just don't know who she is. So it's. It, I, I would like to hear her explanation. I doubt it will be uh, satisfying because it these these things rarely are. It, it will probably I think it'll be a little clearer. A more satisfying answer like on your podcast or something. I think it'll be a little clearer cuz I'm really just confused on her yeah. right now. And I I just would like to hear what she has to say and what conversation put her over the edge to bring it back full circle and what she says yeah. when they're sitting there on the couch together. Like I that's the stuff that's going to interest me. I'm I'm curious to what she says because I really mm-hmm. don't no. Um, and, you know, as, you know, for for their longevity as a couple, you know, like I said, I don't I don't think these two will ever get married. Um, yeah, I'm pretty positive they won't. But um, I, I, I'm still curious on how we got to the point that we do at the end of at the end of this thing. So because where we left off is him jumping a fence and her in a car being whisked away. It's like, OK, now we're one week away from finally filling in those blanks of what happened to get from fence jumping and her in a car leaving to where we're at now. And that's yeah. Be- hopefully it's a good, I mean, do you think it's been a good season? No. Okay. <laughs> in a word, no. <laughs> um, just cause I haven't found Colton all that riveting and you know, like you say, you know, I hear obviously tons of things every season and, um, yeah. I think, I think, you know, one of the biggest things, like I, I understood why they chose Colton. I was still surprised in the beginning, but the more I thought about it, I was like, it makes sense. Jason and Blake didn't have a story. Colton have a, Colton had a story that they could build around. Jason and Blake were just two guys that were dumped by Becca. It, there wasn't anything about them that was so riveting that that was like, oh yeah, Jason, let's put, let's revolve a, a season around him. Not, not saying he's not a decent guy or whatever. I mean, obviously Caitlin thinks the world of him, but I don't I think, I think. I think Blake would have been an interesting bachelor. I, I'm not like personally super attracted. To, well, I'm not attracted to any of these guys uh, beyond thinking that they're objectively good looking. Yeah. Um, just person, you know, personally, it's just not my type, but I think Blake's emotionality is interesting. That would have been cool to watch. And I probably would like, I, you believed his love for Becca. That was so believable. You know, I mean, that was so intense. It would have been great to see that again. And I didn't feel like I saw that in this season until the final scene with Cassie. 
Yeah, I mean, it was interesting. I mean, it's certainly something we haven't seen before, and to him to do what he did and just tell, you know, he was still on the overnight dates. He still hadn't gone on his third overnight date, and he basically gave away the season. He said, I want to be with you. I'm in love with you, and yeah. I fucking love you. We just don't see that very often. That's So I, I almost felt this was, I think I've said this, I either said it on my column or in a podcast, or I might have said it to people on text. I can't even remember. Um, but I, I look at Colton's season very much like I do Ari's. I felt a majority of the season was rather bland and boring, but it's going to have a boffo ending that everyone's going to be talking about. And right, that's the right. way I see it. Um, Ari had his, you know, the breakup and go back to Lauren and all this. And then Colton's just kind of been going along or whatever. And there's been some really, you know, stupid caddy drama throughout the season, but we're going to get this, you know, crazy ending. And that's where they make their, where they make their money. And that's where everyone's going to be talking next week about, Oh, did you see what happened? So yeah, that's the way I looked at it. Um, But anyway, uh, Jacqueline, thank you for filling in on such short notice. I really appreciate it. Um, you are I, welcome. Uh, your podcast, like I said, is with Liam Matthews on TV Guide. What's the name of it again? The title? A, be- a Beautiful Podcast to Fall in Love. They they named it, but it's basically like whenever we go to a new city, even if it's Fort Lauderdale, we're like, Fort Lauderdale is just a beautiful place to fall in love. Oh, yeah. That's no, the they idea. Did, they, did it, they did it for <laughs> Singapore. They did it for Thailand. Yeah. They did it for Vietnam. Hell, they, yeah. did, they did it for... Um, and they probably and they did it for Denver when they went back to Denver. So, yeah, it's um, but yeah, that's that's up every week. Do you guys post every Tuesday? Is it? Well, yeah, it, it comes Monday out night. typically Tuesday at like f- five p.m. Oh, okay. Um, I'm probably gonna wait. So we, I just recorded. We recorded two this week, and the one for women tall is just basically ranting for the entire episode. So it, <laughs> I'll post that tomorrow. <laughs> we were so positive about last night. I mean, Monday night's episode and then just, and then, just appalled. And then the shit show yesterday. happened on women to yeah. all and you had to rant. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, thank you so much uh, for doing this. I really appreciate it. And uh, obviously we will be in touch. Alrighty. Talk to you later. Thanks Jacqueline. Bye guys. <laughs> Bye. Thank you so much to Jacqueline for that. Like I said, a last-minute replacement. Uh, Jenny Croft had a sick child that she had to tend to, which is obviously perfectly fine with me and okay to do that. But I found it out rather late, and I had to get somebody, and I knew Jacqueline um, would do it. And good talk, and I wanted to get her opinions on what's been going on in Colton's season, what she saw last night. We actually did kind of agree on a lot of stuff. There wasn't many things that her and I disagreed on in this podcast, which was a little bit surprising to me because in the conversations that I have sometimes with Jacqueline off air and in text, we do tend to disagree on things. But um, I think we're kind of in the same boat on a lot of stuff. But anyway, thank you very much to Jacqueline uh, for that. I really appreciate her coming on. Uh, As always, every week we talk to – we have a uh, Temptation Island talk. Sorry totally blank there we have temptation island talk with one of the contestants so let's get to that right now as you know casey campbell every week talking temptation island this week we break down episode number eight all right let's bring her in our weekly guest from temptation island it's casey campbell casey how are you i'm good how are you doing i'm good um i have a little bit of a um 
I had some major computer <laughs> issues last night. So I, I usually, when I watch the show, I take my notes, or when I watched the screeners early, I take my notes, and then I'll yeah. ty- I'll end up typing those notes out. And I didn't have time because I've been running around all morning and trying to fix my computer. And um, so if I can't read my own handwriting and I get a little confused on some of these questions, uh, just bear with me here. Um, <laughs> no so worries. We, we started out um, with, gosh, um, Evan and uh, Morgan. We've uh-huh. – I, I don't really understand – well – I guess I kind of do understand things, but um, <laughs> I, I uh, it was it, we we have a conversation of Evan and Morgan talking, and Evan is saying that he's lived a blessed and a cursed life. He hates that he is a monster, I think, and he uh-huh. and he knows yeah. what he has to do. First off, let's talk about this blessed and accursed life. What what do you think he meant by that? Um, I actually know exactly what he meant by that. He I mean the whole but like living a blessed life. I mean, he grew up in Calabasas. Um his family um his dad was able to provide for his family really well. Um he became a star athlete at like a crazy young age. He um got a full ride to USC to play basketball as like a sophomore in high school. Um, he li- He's lived a very blessed life that a lot of men and people in the world will never get to experience. He's traveled. He's done all sorts of like really incredible things um, because of basketball. And yeah. And then the cursed part, I just think um, obviously everything that's happened with his family and his father and, Um, he also has gone through like multiple injuries that took his basketball career away from him. Um, just stuff like that. So lots of really incredible things and then lots of like really dark things that just haven't, a lot of people haven't experienced before. So I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure that's what he meant. Gotcha. Um, and he obviously is feeling a little bit of heat and, you know, call it, you know, saying that he's coming across as a monster and he knows what he has to do and nothing's yeah. changed between him and Morgan. So it almost seems like Evan is understanding. And and we do hear him say it at the end of the episode that he yeah. re- really wished he would have left a message. And I think he feels like he's a monster because he didn't leave a message. Is that the way you took he it? Didn't. Yeah. Um, Did that part what? Is that the way you took it? That that's the reason he's saying he feels like a monster because he didn't even have the balls to say anything to you on the video? <laughs> yeah, I think it's a combination of all of it, honestly. I think um, I think it's mainly the video. I think it's the fact that he's done this exact thing to me before in the past with other girls. Um, I think it's that he promised he would never blindside me again, and here he is not only blindsiding me again, but on national television. Um, I think, yeah, I think he knows he's doing some really messed up things to me in a very public way, and I think he he knows that that's what monsters do. So I guess that makes him one at this moment in time. Um, When we moved on in the episode, <clears throat> we had a pool scene to where I wish they would have shown more because <laughs> the guys wanted to play truth or dare with you. Katie was having none of it cause she was having a bad night, but can you tell yeah. us anything that happened in the truth or dare game? Did anything good come out of it? In the truth or dare? Um, 
I mean, honestly, I was asleep for a bunch of it, but there was definitely skinny dipping. Um, there was lots of truths, lots of truths were told. Um, and actually, Carlos, he, like, scared the crap out of me because they wanted him to, like, moon me because my, my bedroom had, like, glass walls. But I was sleeping, so he came up to me and, like, tried to wake me up, but, like, literally scared the shit out of me. I almost smacked him across the face, so that was really funny. But, um, yeah, it was just this fun good night. We all laughed. Like, good times. <laughs> I think the one thing that we <laughs> we did see was the – um, it was Carlos who jumped in the pool, but in his boxers, and I think and it was Scott. Scott skinny dipping. Yeah, and <laughs> Scott jumped in naked. Okay. Of course. Scott the, loves that type of stuff. He's a character. <laughs> we had eliminations uh, on Tuesday night, and the guys ended up getting rid of Jeffrey, Alley, and Lindsay and kept Kayla. You guys put uh-huh. Jack, James, Wynn, and Carlos up and ended up keeping Jack. Uh, what was the decision behind that? And was it uh, was it unanimous, or was it was there fighting for – did somebody want to keep maybe either James, Wynn, or Carlos? Um, so all four of us, we really did have a deal from the get go that like, we all had to be on the same page. Like it had to be a unanimous decision. Um, and we were very good about like understanding why each of us wanted to send someone home. Um, so when we chose, because obviously with like Johnny and Katie, it just, it was getting to the point where there was starting to get a lot of, to be a lot of drama in the house. And, um, Katie just had a stronger connection with Johnny. So we were just like, you know what? We're getting towards the end. If if she's going to have a real connection with Johnny, I mean, none of us are having any sort of romantic connection with Wynn. So I don't want to just, like, keep him here and, like, string him along. So that was why we chose Wynn. Um, Carlos, actually, the night before elimination, me and him talked for a really long time. And he basically just opened up to me and told me that, like, he doesn't have, like, a romantic connection with any of us four girls. Like, he loves and he cares about us. But he really wants to find, like, his person. And he really wants to have that, like, once-in-a-lifetime love and, like, be a husband and a father and, like, do all of that. And we felt bad keeping him there after that conversation because it just it didn't make sense. It's like, why are we just keeping him here when he wants the real deal? And then James um, was chosen because there was kind of some drama between, like, Justin, Shari, and James, and she was starting to get a stronger connection with Justin. So the whole brother thing was getting a little much for her. So that's why James. And then Jack, um, the kind of same thing as Carlos, just no romantic connection there, but he's an incredible guy, and um, we had to pick four guys. So that is why we chose them. I didn't realize that Justin and James had a brotherly fight over Shari or whatever. I didn't realize that yeah. was a thing. Hmm. Yeah, because, like, she had gone on a few, a couple of dates with James, and then, like, as the, we went through the process, she started getting closer to Justin. And, yeah, it, was just, it wasn't, like, a lot of drama by any means, but it was definitely – it was just getting a little uncomfortable because they're brothers, and, like, she started – going on a few dates with James and now she's like connecting with Justin and it was just a little weird so that's what happened there but we all love James like I I didn't want to see him go home he's a great great guy from that point we got to see the truth tangerine over in the boys villa and the truth tangerine (laughs) 
where here I throw you a tangerine and say something nice about you, which I've never even heard of before. Um, but that was so funny. pretty, um, I guess, damaging, if you want to say it. Because when Evan, it was Evan's turn to talk about Morgan, he basically said, well, I asked you to be my girlfriend last night, and, I'm, and everyone just kind of lost their shit. As I'm sure yep. most most people watching at home last night um, did as well. Yeah. Obviously, that ended up being your clip that you saw <clears throat> at Bonfire. I don't want to skip ahead to Bonfire just yet, but when you actually, so technically, you saw it twice. You saw it on TV last night, and then you had already seen it, obviously, and when the Bonfire. Um, bonfire, yeah. I mean, what do you, I don't even know what you say to something like that. Like, you had a boyfriend for five years, you've known him for ten, and two to three weeks into the process, yeah. you saw him call another yeah. woman his girlfriend without breaking up with you first. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't I know. know what to say. I know. It's insane. Yeah, like, they actually, they didn't show it, um, but at the bonfire, I mean, you can tell that I'm, like, pissed and I'm upset, but oh, I kind of, oh, like, oh, they went showed that. on him. <laughs> We could see that you were pissed. Yeah, upset yeah, yeah. I was pissed. I was upset, but they, um, I definitely kind of went off on him, and um, yeah, I was not happy. I mean, it's just the disrespect is just honestly, it's out of this world. It's, um, <laughs> it's really crazy to see. It's like you you break up with your girlfriend first, you know, and then you pursue things, and you can see it on everyone's face, especially the guys. They're just like they're blown away by his behavior, and it's. Um, I don't know. It's kind of sad. And like, you do see me at the end say like, I feel bad for Morgan because she doesn't know what she got herself into. And I stand by that. It's, um, yeah, it's, it's crazy to see your boyfriend and someone you've been committed to for 10 years, call another girl's girlfriend while you're still his girlfriend. Yeah. It's crazy. Um, on a a lighter note, uh, there was a, a scene last night where you guys were playing charades in the room. I want to know who in my room <laughs> in your room. I want to know who won the game of charades, and what were some of the things that you guys uh, had to do? Oh my god, we did a lot. We did lots of movies, um, lots. We did Jurassic Park. I killed it with a T Rex impression. <laughs> we did. Um, I really did. Like we did lots of movies actually that we acted out. Um, and honestly, I think. I I kind of was the champ at charades. Like, I would just – I won a lot. I did. I won a lot. Um, Sal was probably the second. Um, Carlos was pretty good. Actually, Justin was really good at charades, too. But we would play charades all the time. Like, that was just, like, one time that you thought – it was, like, our thing. Like, everyone would get drunk, and everyone would get loud and crazy, and it's like, okay – Time to calm down, everyone. Let's go play charades. We would like go to the kitchen, play charades, or like go to my room, play charades. Just like a whole thing. But um, yeah, good time. One one of the under one of the more underrated moments of last night's episode, and maybe people caught it, maybe they didn't, was when they were. It was actually the guys' bonfire when they showed Carl his clip. And the clip they showed him was of charades night when base when Nicole told Tyler, you know, I want you to go to bed with me. Um, yeah, it's funny when Carl's watching that clip. It's not just focused on Nicole and Tyler right next to them. You can see Johnny and Katie kissing. 
So I felt kind of bad for John that he got the double whammy that he had to see his girl That's twice. That's what I was just going to say. It's like double whammy. You just got to see two on Yeah, I mean, I'm sure John uh, saw that when it, when that video came on because there's... Oh, for sure. Katie and Johnny were right next to Carl and uh, Nicole. Yeah. And yeah, sucks for John. Um, I know. I remember <laughs> I was like tr- trying to sit on my bed and I'm like, okay, all these couples are just taking over my bed right now. Like, what is happening? <laughs> what is happening? And why are they all here? And another thing that happened to you or that you reiterated again in last night's episode was the fact that you were the one that wanted to be there. You were the one who basically convinced Evan to do the show. Um, Yeah. Were you when you were when you were talking about it last night? Was it because you had seen everything and you were just like, oh, my God, almost like a self-fulfilling prophecy? Like, I wanted to do this yet. Uh oh, it it might be the end of my relationship yeah. now. Yeah, um, I was just in such a weird headspace on the show. It was like I went into it just like knowing what I wanted, like knowing what I want out of my life, and with Evan and from Evan. And then I went on the show, and it's like everything that he told me and everything that we promised each other in our game plan, it just immediately all flew out the window without even like letting me know what's up. So I was just, I was in shock and I, it's bad. This is a bad habit of mine. One of my defense mechanisms, I go and I blame myself. Like whenever like shit starts hitting the fan, I start blaming myself. And that's what I was doing in that moment. I was just like, okay, this isn't going accordingly. Like it must be like, I'm the one that's in the wrong here. And that's not the case, like, at all. Like, I'm not responsible for Evan's actions or what he did on Temptation Island. And um, to be honest, I wish that I didn't blame myself so much on the show. It's kind of cringeworthy. And now looking back, like, I don't believe those things. Like, I don't think you can convince a grown man, like a six foot six, 230-pound man, to pack up his suitcases and go to Temptation Island and sign 50-page contracts, like, this was his choice as well, um, and it was his choice to do the things that he did with Morgan. Like, that's not my responsibility, and I wish I didn't make it seem like it was. I would like to add six foot six, two 230 pounds, and probably 1% body fat, because the, <laughs> the man is chiseled. I give him that. Evan is yeah. Evan is a put together. <laughs> he is a put together individual. Um, so good on <laughs> he him. is chiseled. Good, good on him. I think even, I think <laughs> even that one scene that um, – Earlier this season, I think it was the scene where he told the guys that he had slept with Morgan the night before he was like in the middle of doing an arm workout. And I was like, whoa. Yeah. No, he (laughs) doesn't stop. Like he literally, no joke, like we'll go to the gym every single day for like two hours. And like if he misses a day, like he'll freak out. Like it's his thing. Like he's so dedicated. (laughs) Very, very dedicated to the gym. I mean, hey. But give the guy credit. I mean, not everyone has that. Yeah. Not everyone has that self-motivation and discipline to do that. Um, yeah. I wish Seriously. I could get myself to the gym Seriously. every day. I, I go as much as I can, but there are certainly days right. where I'm doing nothing and I'm like, ah, I just yeah. can't bring myself to get there. for And for no reason other than yeah. I want to be lazy. So good on Evan yep. for having right. zero body fat or whatever. Um <laughs> Another thing we saw last night, um, we finally saw Johnny, or not Johnny, um, John and Catherine uh, in the pool, and that ended up being, and in bed, actually, and that ended up being the clip that Katie saw, and 
Yeah. Mark never touched on it at the bonfire. And I think he did in a past one, but never did on this one. When Katie watched the clip of John and Catherine in the pool and in bed, did she know that that was Catherine and, and, and it was the girl that she had blocked? Um, yeah, she did. Um, okay. Yeah, she didn't say it. Like, they didn't show it in the clip last night in the episode, but she knew it was Catherine. Um, okay. She kind of knew the whole time. Like, by that time, we all four of us had an idea of, like, which girls our guys um, were connecting with. Obviously, like, me and um, Nicole the most. But, yeah, we were aware, and she knew it was Catherine for sure. She called it from day one. She knows she knows John well. Yeah, I was going to say. I mean, she that was the girl that she blocked, and here Catherine yep, she knew. makes it all the way, you know, up to you know she's still alive in episode eight and you yeah know, next week is the final hasn't dates of the season date. yeah yeah hasn't been on a date yet yeah. is still on the show that pretty much tells you all you need to know yeah um exactly so we get to bonfire and you guys are up first this is the first time this season i think they showed the women first i know yeah i think so too and you saw evan's video and Everything you said reflected in your body language and your face the rest of the bonfire. It, you did not hide your emotions well. You were pissed and probably uh, numb. Like, was there pissed. was a part of me that when I was watching you last night, I was like, she looks like a zombie up there right now. Like, I think she thinks she just saw a yeah. ghost. No, I literally, like, I can't even tell you what I was thinking. Because, like, I'm one of those people, like, you know me pretty well at this point. Like, I'm, like, a fun, loving, bubbly person, and, like, it takes a lot, like, a lot to get me mad, but once I get to that point, it's, like, there's no going back, and that's the point I was at. I was, like, seeing red, and I was ready to just freaking, like, take some people down, and I couldn't let it happen on TV, so I'm just up there, like, fuming but like trying to keep it together, but you can tell like I'm I'm struggling to keep it in. Like I look like a zombie. I'm in an, I'm on another planet up there. Yeah, because you after you saw the video, you called him a liar. You said he lives a double life, and oh, and they didn't even show it all. I said a lot more than that. Like uh, like as I'm walking away with Nicole, that's the second time I said those things. The first time I was up on the stump and I went off. I was like, he's a liar. He's he's living like i don't know how many lives i mean i was going off and mark was like casey like he kept telling me he's like you have to understand there's two sides of um the picture he's like you don't know everything that's going on over there like don't make like decisions yet and i was like mark like i'm pretty sure i'm pretty sure i know what's going on over there (laughs) and then you see it when i say it the second time so yeah yeah, i was not a happy camper Well, I do think it is one thing to see your boyfriend hooking up because you kind of probably expected that going into the show. Uh, the extent of hooking yeah. up is what you don't know. And then, but th- you saw a clip of your boyfriend telling another girl, you're my girlfriend. Like, it's, I, I don't know what yeah. the other side of the story was on that, but I mean, I guess we'll find out in the yeah. next three episodes. But, um, yeah. Last week we had mentioned about Evan and you had thrown out the possibility that, um, when you know when I took to Evan's defense a little bit and I and I said, look, I I, I do think he's a good guy at heart because yeah. of how um you know he's I could tell that this is really hurting okay. him and whatnot. And then you said, yeah. yeah, but he's known for some crocodile tears. And then we get last <laughs> night, and I don't. Oh, God. Uh, so when when they show Evan 
your video last, which is basically just you telling the guys, um, you know, he had, you know, he told another girl, she's his girlfriend. I'm done. Um, Evan yeah. was, you know, again, didn't expect this to happen. He said he's nurtured you for <coughs> your heart and soul. <laughs> Nurture for, my heart and soul for his whole life or something like so, that. Or yeah, years, for, for so long is what uh, I had written down. Um, yeah. You gave him ultimatum after ultimatum after what he's developed. Um, what he's developed with Morgan is way past reacting because Mark had asked him, are you, is yeah. what you're, is what you're feeling with Morgan just a reaction? And he said, I'm, you know, I'm yeah. way past that. And basically, um, I can't push someone in. <clears throat> I can't push someone anymore. I'm done making excuses for it. And then I think at the end is where he said, like, I should have I should have left her a video. I should have I should have told her. However, yeah. you know, he's saying this and um, I, I just want to get your thoughts on what you thought of, you know, you obviously saw that Tuesday night for the first time. Um yeah. What, what was your reaction? Were those the Evan crocodile tears oh, that we were referring to last week? Um, I hate to say it because you know, like I'm, I'm always wanting to just believe the best in people, including Evan. I've always been his biggest fan, his biggest supporter. Um, but yeah, it it doesn't. I mean, I don't even think you can see the tears. Like, there's no tears coming. Like, it's just it's. It's yeah, there's nothing there. Like I've seen I've seen that man cry, okay? I've seen him cry real tears. And yeah, it's just I think there's cameras there. He's making some really poor decisions. A lot of people are judging him. He's feeling it and he knows that he has to say certain things and look a certain way. And um as for him talking about like nurturing my soul and heart, I mean I hate to say it. I mean, we don't know how it ends and if like we fix all of this, but I mean, you've cheated on me multiple times. I don't know how that's nurturing my soul and my heart. Um, you've repeatedly, like it's all talk and no action. You've told me that you're going to make things happen in our relationship and give me that commitment multiple times and it never happens. Um, I never gave him multiple ultimatums. I gave him one ultimatum, and it was basically just, you need to get your shit together and be a man, or I need to move on and find someone that wants to grow with me and have a life with me the way that I want to have a life. And I don't think that's wrong. Um, I don't think that's pushing someone in a corner. I think that's just standing up for what you believe in and your morals and your values when you know... Um, Something is not right for you. And yeah, so those are, those are my thoughts. And as in kind of placing blame on me again, I mean, I don't know. It just seems like he's blaming me for his actions. And I mean, I own it. Ultimatums aren't, aren't right, but I don't regret it. I did it. And it is what it is. You know, a lot of people over the weeks have really enjoyed our conversations and they're really enjoying yeah. the show and they one one thing that's getting brought up a few, a few times is and and, and I want to and I want to bring it up with you is that yeah they have they've talked about the fact that you've mentioned that Evan cheated on you in the past so 
They've yeah. and someone even specifically asked me this, and I want to relay it to you and ask you because I haven't really asked you this. If Evan cheated yeah. on you as much as he did, why did you stay? Because some people are basically saying so, like she's almost not that you're deserving of this, but you know, look. But I knew, I, yeah, like I knew what he was capable of and what he's done in the past. Like, why would I still put myself in this situation? Totally valid question. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So me and him, I mean, we've literally had like, I mean, you could call it like a saga. I mean, there's like books and chapters to the Evan and Casey story. Um, So before everything happened with his family is when all of his like really like hardcore cheating stuff happened. And I think I said this in one of the podcasts. It got to the point where, I mean, I literally, I was done. Like I went over there. I got all of my stuff. I told him like, we are not to be friends. You are not to text me or not to call me. Um, he was begging. He was pleading. He was like following me out to my car. Um, I got in my car and I drove away and I did not speak to him for, I think like four months. Um, I ignored texts. I ignored calls for months and months and months. And, um, Honestly, a few things happened that kind of brought me back. Um, everything that happened with his dad, um, it really got to me that I wasn't there for him. I, I was there, like, right when it first happened. And then I found out he cheated again. So then I left for four months. And my friends were kind of like, hey, Case, like, he's been through a lot. Like, it's his birthday. Like, just reach out. So I reached out, and we started talking. And then um, – this just sounds insane, but he also had, like, a freak accident at school where he, like, two of his fingers got literally got, like, chopped off, and he got rushed to the emergency room and had, like, insane surgery to, like, to have them reattached. It was, like, absolutely horrifying. So that kind of sucked me back in as well, and after all of that craziness happened and he was, like, out of the hospital and I was taking care of him and stuff, um me and him just built a friendship up and I just saw an Evan that I'd never seen before. It was a very different Evan and I have a big heart and I always want to believe the best in people. And I was just thinking, you know what? Like he was 18 to like 22, 23 when he was acting like not a good guy and being a cheater. And I saw a different side and I was just like, you know what? Like I'm going to believe the best of him. And he was very good for a long, long time. Uh, there were definitely red flags that I ignored that I wish I didn't, but I don't know. I mean, I believe in the best in people. And I felt like when you go through tragedies like that, it can really change you. And that's where I was at with that decision. Okay. Um, yeah, I know people were asking and they were just kind of curious as to, you know, why did she stay if, if, you know, she talked in the past yeah. about him cheating. You know, why did she stay? Um, the ultimatums that you did give him, um, just out of curiosity, were you, I, I, you said it was once and it was basically like, yeah. look, if we don't get engaged soon, I'm done. Or, or I don't know if you gave him the actual day yeah. of I want to be engaged by 30, if you gave him that yeah. particular age. But like what what were you stern with him about it? Were you, cause the impression I yeah. get from Evan is that it was like, I was getting beaten over the head with this. So explain to everybody your ultimatums no. and, and how you went about doing it. Um, okay. So again, I really, I don't want to like trash him by any means, um, but I'm going to just be as honest and straight to the point as possible. Um, so I moved my whole life to Hawaii for Evan. I lived with his family for a year. Um, 
it just, it didn't go the way that I was told it was going to go. And so we decided um, to move back to LA and we moved back to LA and we moved back um, like in September and around February, I, me and him shared an iPad and I was just like going through the iPad on my Instagram and I logged out and like, I saw a bunch of messages and uh, it was on accident. I wasn't like invading his privacy or anything, but I saw things that honestly shocked me. And, and this was like last February. So actually it was like exactly a year from now. Um, and I saw a bunch of messages again, red flags, red flags, red flags. And I, I've actually broke up with Evan. I broke up with him. I told him he had like three days to move out. Um, he called me over and over and over again at work, um, begging, pleading, saying he was going to change. He was going to do anything. And I came home. I told him to calm down. I was like, I'm at work right now. Like, you need to calm down. It's going to be okay. Like, everything's going to be fine. We'll talk tonight. I get home, and it was just a new Casey. Like, it just, it literally, like, re it burst a new Casey. I came home, and I was just like, here's the deal. I was like, we, I've known you since I was 19 years old. We've been dating for many, many years now. I love you. You're the love of my life. You're my best friend. But the way that you're acting and the things that I'm seeing and feeling, it's not, it doesn't feel good and it's not what I want. And then I just laid it out. I was like, I need A, B, C, and D for us to work. I need you to have a full-time job. I need you to work towards that commitment to me. I need all of these things to happen. And if it doesn't happen, like I'm going to leave. And I want you to know this because I don't want to blindside you. I don't want to just randomly break up with you. I want you to know what my standards and what my expectations are. And these are them. And no, I did not beat him over the head with full tomatoes. It was like a one-time conversation um, that happened last February my family never pressured him. They, I, my family actually, they never even knew about the ultimatum until I was casted on Temptation Island. They didn't even know about it, that it existed. I never told anyone. And I brought it up a few times after that throughout the last year, I think maybe two or three times when like things were just happening that I was just like, Ev, like, I'm not joking. Like, you remember what I said? Like, this isn't seeming like things are going the way I told you they need to go. Um, so, yeah, it wasn't me beating him over the head with an ultimatum. It was me standing up for myself, honestly, and just finally putting my putting my foot down and over not a good situation and a situation that made us go on to Temptation Island. Gotcha. And we've got three episodes left, and um, next week uh, I think you can see, I think they showed it in the in the teaser, if not, Next week are the final dates. Um, each side, yeah. you guys have seven guys left on the island. The guys have seven girls left on the island, and basically three are yeah. three are eliminated again next week, which is four and four, and everyone gets one final yep. date with their person. Um, if you watch yep. the preview, you could see pretty much who went with who. I don't think there's really a surprise of who went on the <laughs> went on their final dates with. But then after that. You know, next week is all final dates. There is a major event that happens next week that uh, we have not seen yet, which is going to be interesting. And then... Wait, I don't even know what you're talking about. Oh, okay. Well, I'll text you off. Oh. I'll text you off get, uh, off recording. Yay. Um, and then... <laughs> And then, uh, and then a two night, uh, not two night. Um, well, yeah, it's over two nights, but over two weeks. Two weeks 
the the last two episodes of the season, episodes 10 and 11, which air March 19th and March 26th, is going to be the final bonfires. On the 19th, it's going to be the final bonfire for two couples, and then the 26th, uh, the other two couples. And we're going to find out gotcha. how this shit show ends. And um, All right. Good Lord. It's coming to an end. <laughs> we're going to have so much to talk about when this is over. Um, I know. All right. Crazy. Yeah. So, Casey, thank you again uh, for coming on. Appreciate you breaking down episode eight for us, and we will talk to you next week. Sounds good. Talk to you later. Okay, bye. Thank you to Casey for that. It's always great to talk to her every week. A lot of stuff going on in Temptation Island land. We only got three weeks left, people. We'll get to a lot of this stuff at the very end of, of filming or filming filmed in september steve uh we get to end uh, get to the end of all of this uh, in three weeks like i said next week is final dates with it's not hard to figure out who took who on their final dates and then the week after that is march 19th that's going to be the final bonfire for two couples i don't know which two and then the following week, March 26th, is the final bonfire for the other two couples. So that will be interesting, to say the least. Again, thank you to Jacqueline Trumbull for being a last-minute replacement for uh, Jenny Croft. And I uh, spoke with Jenny. She's not feeling well either at all, so her kid got her sick. And uh, hopefully we'll have her on in the future. I definitely want to have her on, and um, I'm going to try and make that work at some point. Next week, I can tell you that end of the season, it's been almost a year, a little bit over a year since we had her on last. Charlene's going to come on, and we're going to break down the season. So that'll be a fun time because you can't go wrong with having Charlene join as a guest because she is one of the best interviews I ever do on this podcast. She is awesome. And so she'll be on talking all about Colton's season and how it ends and what we're going to see next week. So that'll be fun. So anyway, that'll do it for podcast number 120. Thank you all for tuning in. Please rate, subscribe, and review in Apple Podcasts. It certainly helps the podcast. I can't express to you enough how much it helps, so please do that when you get the time. And also, if you want to be a part of a future He Said, She Said podcast with Ashley Spivey, email me, email Ashley. Let us know what times on your end. Let us know the best times of the day and what days you can record and then let fill us in on a little bit of your situation and what you're dealing with. And we'll, uh, we'll arrange something to get you on a future episode. But that'll do it. Thank you again to Jacqueline and to Casey for coming on. And thank you all for listening and supporting the podcast. I appreciate it. And we will talk to you next week. See you.